Trash. Trash. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest, we have Asa Danikin. He is a Toledo musician here. Uh, he's a working musician. That's all he does. He just he's he's a he's a blue collar gigger, and uh, and a good friend and an old friend of mine. I we used to play together a long time ago when I when I lived here the first time. Uh, back so long ago when we were kids and then he actually moved to los angeles and then i moved to san diego and we kind of i don't well we hadn't we haven't seen each other since then and it's probably been you know 13 14 years so i think yeah this podcast is about 13 or 14 years in the making this is the first time i saw saw him in you know since we were just kids and uh, it went really well. It was really nice. We we chatted. We drank some coffee. He smoked his cigarettes in his parents' sunroom, which his parents' house is like this. You walk in and it's like an antique shop. Like I would be afraid to take my son in there because he would probably break everything. Is I I wouldn't take a dog in there because their tail might knock something off of its shelf and and it's just old stuff and uh, musical equipment so it's pretty dope anyways yeah so asa and i've jammed out since this thing and uh since we recorded this back a while ago um, we actually <laughs> we actually plug a show that happened this last saturday the uh, glass city get down out at the beer stoop which we did, which was cool. It was a fun little gig, and um, I got to talk to some people, meet some new people, and uh, you know what? Out of that, we're going to be talking to a bluegrass band and talking to a country singer and just really amazing talent. So be on the lookout for that. I still got to schedule a podcast, so that may never even happen. Anyways, um, I'm getting ready to go to Hawaii, which I'm very excited about. I leave tomorrow, so I'm recording this on a Wednesday because I leave out Thursday morning at 7 a.m., which sucks because I hate getting up early. It's just not like I like it if I naturally get up early, you know, like if that's just when I wake up, that's fine. I'll take that. But getting up early other than my body naturally waking up <clears throat> no sir no uh, i used to get up so i would get up at like 6 a.m and i loved it because i would get shit done and ever since i've been back in toledo my schedule's just been fucked up so i haven't really caught that uh get up early especially when you get up early before everyone else does because no one's around to fucking Danny, I'm hungry. Danny, I poop. Danny, I farted. Smell my fart, Daddy. That's that's uh that's my sex slave. That's how we talk to each other. Um, that's so stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, yeah. So we leave early tomorrow. Going to Honolulu. We are playing the Hawaiian Nights. 
my god, what the hell was that? It's the Hawaiian Nights. Anyways, we're playing with Natural Vibrations at a hotel in Honolulu somewhere. All you gotta do is Google it. Anyways, by the time you guys hear this, that show will be over. Maybe I should re release this beforehand. <clears throat> maybe I'll release this on Saturday, or maybe even Friday. Just I'm gonna try the release um, option the planned release option on soundcloud they just added that option which i gotta say really happy about that thank you soundcloud for doing something other than um you know going out of business because i heard somehow that soundcloud was going out of business and um i was like i wonder what's gonna happen when you know all their servers shut down and everybody's content is just sort of to the wind but uh yeah so we're gonna be playing the it's the bud light and league of bandits uh presents hawaii blackout event it's at the poly golf course banquet room and that's saturday april 28th 2018 from 6 p.m to 12 a.m so get there get your get your uh Get your game on because we're we're doing it big with natural vibrations or natty vibes, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have their drummer sitting in with us, which I don't know his name. I've never met him. Anyways, so we are fly all flying out tomorrow. The boys are flying out of California, so they have one straight flight straight to Hawaii, whereas I have to fly to Phoenix, then to Hawaii, which is a seven-hour flight to Hawaii from Phoenix, so... I'm not that excited about flying, um, having a like 12 hour day. The flight, the, the ride home is even worse. It's, let's see, Honolulu to LAX and then LAX to Chicago and then Chicago to Detroit. So big pain in the ass. So anyways, let's, let's, let's get to the show, write the show at We Speak English Good at gmail.com check out the barren wasteland that is the website we speak english good.net um friend me on facebook um under mike epp or we speak english good which i haven't updated that in months i don't know why i've been just neglecting it i just have and then of course on we speak english good on uh at we speak english good on ig or instaham instagram and go out and find aries fire blood 2 i think it's underscore 2 if you're looking to be pervy that's my friend Aleph. oh my god why did i say her name that was so stupid anyways how many of those people with those names have uh, exist in this world probably a lot so anyways scratch all that Let's move on to uh, Asa Danikin, and uh, let's chat. We he didn't play anything, and we didn't. He didn't really have any music really available online, so we're just gonna chat. And basically, this is just us catching up, and it's it's really nice. So we plug that. Um, we do plug that show. So ignore that. That happened on Saturday the twenty first. So. All right, anyways, Ace of again. That was one thing that I that I did notice like right away when we got back into town was like the art scene here in Toledo is kind of 
I mean, it's not what it was when we were no, just running it around picked here. up a lot. Um. <laughs> but I noticed that in a lot of cities that because just traveling around for the last couple of years, like I've noticed, like a lot of cities in America have like this burgeoning art scene. Like they have like cool parts of town. You know, like, fucking, they got one nice coffee shop in their shitty little... Like, Spokane, Washington has, like, a cool little art scene yeah, going on. it does. So, it's like... So, it seems like it's something that's happening nationwide. And I'm just always trying to figure out why the fuck that's happening. And so, I'll, I'll ask you. Asa Danikin is our guest today. And uh, we're drinking coffee. And mm-hmm. he's smoking the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Well, he was. I will, I will be again don't worry he will be again soon and we're at his parents house here in oregon ohio beautiful oregon ohio the lovely oregon by the bay by the bay you beat me to it um anyways why do you, why do you think that there's this sort of renaissance happening i think it's got a lot to do with the fact that uh people my age and younger grew up watching their parents work 40 50 hours a week come home and sleep and do the repetitive ant dance every day and that uh if there's another option available to us we'll try to make it or take it <laughs> i like that i like that um that is true and like so out of that i also kind of attribute it to um because this kind of ties in because it almost came out of a necessity because of the 2008 financial crisis yep we kind of like as a nation as a world kind of like ate a bag of dicks <laughs> and we we didn't have options right and so you know what was that 10 years ago now we're you know young adults in your 20s or however old you are um in my generation at least sort of was like fuck there's no other options other than like from within right yeah <laughs> you had to find a way to got to find a way to survive and i think to some extent the mentality of um especially artists is more along the lines of you know be happy or do something that makes you happy not necessarily work to be happy or work for the weekend to be happy on the weekend but find something that you love to do and try to do that every day right which has been the goal but i think when you're younger you have this like grandiose idea of like what you're gonna be when you're in your 30s like especially as young musicians you're just like i'm gonna go yep. fucking conquer the world mm-hmm. and i'm gonna be fucking famous or whatever it is you know you'd never really expect i mean like <laughs> real you, life to happen <laughs> real life to happen but like but here's the thing when once you get past all this like glitzy glammy bullshit of fame and I mean, having money, there's nothing bad wrong with that. That's awesome. Right. But, like, once you get past it, it's really, are you able to express yourself artistically and get paid and, like, function, like, in this world financially and, you know. And I think a lot of the a lot of the industry where a notion of fame would be attached to it is not what you think it is until you're neck deep into it. Which, which... Which is great because Asa, Asa moved to L.A. like what a couple years before I moved to San Diego. Yeah. So he went out to L.A. and I went to SD. And L.A. and SD, they're they're two different places, two different planets, totally different places. 
<laughs> and, I mean, L.A. is its own little fucking world. And San Diego is its own little thing, too. But, like, they're so close together in proximity. But they couldn't be more different. And the air the air just feels so different everything about the people in each spot is yeah. kind of the antithesis of the other mm. and uh even the mentality of the um the arts scene in comparison to la and san diego to me san diego has a little bit more legitimacy in its mm. origins because la is just a constant tide of people who are so full of themselves <laughs> that they think they should be famous immediately thousands and thousands by the day just get bust into that place and dropped off and then squander themselves and their talents for nothing uh, but in san diego i know a lot of people that were my friends in la that had success out there that ended up moving down to san diego and to some might look at it like it was sort of a downgrade because you were in la you were doing television and movies and now you're doing local theater in san diego but way more fulfilling way more artistic and more heartfelt i think than a lot of the stuff that happens up in la in particular that place is uh my dad calls it like a bowl of granola it's nothing but fruits nuts and flakes <laughs> and all it does is spike your insulin mmm <laughs> did you t did you get that thing touched up let me see that that art that forearm piece. Yeah, I have a um, giant ugly tattoo on my uh, forearm that has been um, made to look less ugly, but it's still pretty bad. Was it always supposed to be an F hole or was yeah. it? Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, at one point in time, I had a girlfriend's name tattooed yeah. there, and I told her when we went to get the tattoos that I was going to cover it up no matter what. <laughs> And she didn't believe me. <laughs> She's still walking around with my name on her wrist. <laughs> but yeah, I got a big dumb F hole on my, I got a lot. I've got about 35 tattoos at this point, I think. That's tight. So, um, let's talk about LA because you had a lot of experience. You were there for what, like 10, 15 years? How long were you out there? About, yeah, around 12 12, 12 years, years or so in the general L.A. area. I started in downtown L.A., right next to MacArthur Park, which was kind of a shithole. Um, the cockroaches outnumber the people there, like 10 to 1. Um, they would, they would uh, drain and skim the pond at MacArthur Park once a year, and they would pull out at least three bodies, a car, and garbage bags of guns. <laughs> and it was kind of fun to watch, but... It was kind of like, oh, I, it never really said in that that was literally my backyard. It was more like, look at all the weird shit that happens here. Not like, I live here. This is, <laughs> this is my, this is but my But when home. you're young and like, and you're like, when you, you're, your head's full of these expectations, it's like, especially when you come from a place like this, uh, like Toledo, where it's like a monocloud for like nine months out of the year. You're like sunshine oh, yeah. and women and glitz, glam, LA, and but then you see stuff like that and you're like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm fucking like, hey, living life. life out here. <laughs> you know, because you're like, because you're like, I'm, I'm doing it out here. I'm fucking out here. I'm doing it despite the bags of guns and dead bodies in my backyard. <laughs> I'm fucking out here rocking it. Yeah, it really was like that. Um, um, I moved out there. Um, there were two other people that came out there with me. We all were a part of a uh, modeling and talent agency based here in Toledo, which is sort of uh, 
an interesting concept all in itself. What's it called? Do you, do you want to say uh, I believe it's Star Talent. Wait a second. Is that the guy with um, there's a big guy named John or something or Jeff? He's a big... I, I, I know there's bigger. a couple people involved in that particular company, and I can't quite remember the name. It was owned by a lady... Um, and I can't quite remember her name. Is that name. the one that like is known because of Katie Holmes? I don't know if Katie Holmes was involved with this particular company. Um, well, fuck them. They did what we did was we went out to L.A. for a uh, modeling and talent competition, Ooh. which was basically just the biggest ripoff scam in the world. It was called IMTA, International Model and Talent Agency. Mm -hmm. They hold this thing at the Westin Bonaventure in, in LA every year. Um, and it has generated success for people. There are, Ashton Kutcher did this, this is how he got discovered. Um, and so we went out there for this talent and modeling competition. Well, a whole group, whole group of people went out there. And then everybody, everybody does their little thing on the catwalk, the catwalk, and then they come home and then nothing ever happens. I stayed there for an extra two weeks when we went out there. Everybody else in the group left. I was like, no, I'm staying here for it. I'm going to get a little bit of what's going on. As soon as I got back, I made plans to move out. So I was back here for maybe two months before I got my act together and found a spot out in L.A. to rent. Two of the people that were in that talent agency in Toledo moved out there with me. And uh, we were all three of us, uh, a girl and uh, another guy, living in a studio apartment in downtown L.A. Uh, next to the Pond of Guns. <laughs> and it, we really were, like, super happy to be there and making strides to do what we wanted to do. The one girl that went out there with us eventually became the body double for Hayden Panettiere in the, in the show Heroes. Oh. Wait, um, is that the cheerleader? Yeah, the cheerleader. Um, yeah, and she did some some like like bikini boat modeling stuff. She had some success. Um, the other guy that was out there did some music while he was there, and I believe he he did some acting. I ended up pursuing acting more than music at first when I got out there, and I had some success. Um, but yeah, it was it really was you know despite where you were, you were pursuing something that seemed so out of reach here mm -hmm. so yeah. it, it was enjoyable yeah of course even living in a even living in a really really bad yeah part of it's town. like you're always hung over you're always kind of sketchy about where you're at and fucking but like you're living life and yeah. you're having experiences that you could never ever ever even imagine live growing up in toledo right like i almost got hit uh by george clooney <laughs> on a spider one time See? on the paramount lot or some shit like that <laughs> I'm standing, I'm standing outside of the trailer, smoking. Definitely shouldn't have been wherever I was, and this dude just comes cruising around the corner and literally inches away from just running me the <laughs> fuck over. And he didn't give a shit. No, he was like, stupid. He didn't even see you, right? <laughs> he didn't even register. <laughs> no, yeah, he had just, I just watched him cruise right around and then park his little thing and take his helmet off and just walk over. Like he didn't care. <laughs> I think if he hit me, he wouldn't have even stopped. He just threw money out the bag. Yeah, like, just like mm, yeah. <laughs> have you ever saw Boss Baby? Yes. <laughs> that he just like yeah. <sighs> he just like bing. He just throws <clears throat> money at whoever. That's how I want to be. Mm -hmm. Just 
fucking soulless asshole throwing money at people so they shut up. That sounds that's funny. that is the goal. <laughs> Just want to step on everybody. Um, okay, so so you sort of were moving through LA, and um, I know, like, I don't know if you told me, but oh, I remember you calling me from LA once, and you're like, dude. I just saw Grant on fucking Blind Date. Do you remember Grant? Oh, yeah. Grant. Oh, Jesus, yes. Which, which is so funny because you just got out there. And you're like, dude, it's fucking on right now. Yeah. You got to turn on channel something. I'm like, dude, I don't have LA fucking cable. It was, uh, yeah. But I ended up finding that on uh, YouTube mm -hmm. years later. And it's so funny. And like, you remember they had his head go, ooh, they had it pop up yeah and then actually dealing with that human being here who is like just such a, have you seen him or even come across him ever again he's his own animal it's it's he is out there he was like i remember the last time i even saw him he was like begging me for like a hit of dope and i'm just like dude i'm not giving that's you not a good look man <laughs> i'm not giving you anything <laughs> it's like and then he would want to fuck. He would always want to like get Adderalls. He was like, "Come on, man, we gotta get Adderalls." He was like thirty-five, hanging out with like twenty-year-olds, like trying to score crack. Which I was like, "Okay, let's get some crack." And, and him being out here is just weird. I, I, when I met him out here or in the Ohio area, I thought, "All right, that dude's got some brain damage." Yeah, and he's very clearly like an artist, <laughs> and uh, um. And then when you see the the episode that of Blind Date or whatever, he was exactly like that in California too. Only he had a small minion group of people that were also way out there. Yeah. And I don't think he would ever really be able to find something like that around here. There are some weirdos around here too, right. but not to that extent. Not, people yeah. are pretty grounded around here. Yeah, they are, and they like are like what different? Oh, <laughs> oh no! Get out of here! You can't be yourself here. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, and, like, L.A. is, like, a perfect place for, like, finding a group of fucking weird... Yeah. You, you can know, always find your niche of weird assholes out there. Which which is that kind of what's turned L.A. cool again in my eye, because there was a long time where I was like, I hate L.A. I never have any reason. And in the last five years, I love L.A. I love going up there and playing all the time, and, like, my friends that I got up there are fucking cool as fuck. Yep. So... It's just weird because L.A. is full of, like, these fake plastic people, all the cliches, but there's also, like, real-ass people out there who are, like, just working, you know, just working people who are, no work in the industry, you know? They're, like, my one friend's a producer on some TV shows, and she's just, like, this normal lesbian girl who just hangs out, you know? She's just, right. just the normal person and not pretentious, not sitting there, like ordering her little fucking assistant around and making her feel bad about her life he's like fuck anyways so so what was some of the acting and some of the music things you kind of got into out there that um so i pursued acting first and it didn't take a whole long time for me to get really jaded by what was going on there it, i've always wanted i've always had an interest in in acting i've done it since I was in middle school, it's something I, I I really do enjoy doing. But one thing they never tell you is that um, when you get into a situation where there is an industry based on acting, you really are selling your soul to somebody's concept, idea, or product. 
and that no one really warns you with the exception of don't do porn that that <laughs> thing is going to be around forever and people are going to relate whatever you do to what they saw you in mm. and um uh i i did a i did a movie for um scientology and uh i also signed a non-disclosure agreement that says i can't say anything negative about that movie so i also did this other movie for this other group and that was a weird friggin' experience just being around all those people i had some some just crazy experiences but anyway i was recognized internally by this group on the street like i was a celebrity oh wow um, and I warned people like there were certain parts of town I couldn't go because I would get stopped by these people with nothing behind their eyes. They would just like blankly stare Dribble at you. Eyes. And then and I mean, like grown men would come up to me crying, just saying, well, you did a wonderful job. Thank you. My mom used to read that book to me when I was a kid. Wow. And and the that particular organization is very far reaching in that area. They actually own more land in Hollywood than any other company or organization. <laughs> they own like 33% of Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, um, so my cousin come out to visit me one time and we're like at an Ikea or something screwing around. We go to get a burger. And I was like, just, just to let you know, I'm probably going to get stopped. <laughs> and it's going to be one of the weirdest things you've ever seen. And he didn't quite believe me because this is, doesn't reach oh, too far outside of this particular organization. But sure enough, we're getting burgers, and I see a pack of them walk in in their navy blue slacks. A and, gaggle? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and immediately, they point me out, walk over to our table, and just you know treat me like a celebrity, like I'm something important, like I'm not just a guy getting a burger at yeah. this joint, which is all I was. My cousin was like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He goes, there's nothing there. Like, they're like robots. And, uh, but it would happen all the time. And they also have the largest private Navy in the world. So you don't really want to piss them off all that much. Um, <laughs> they will come sail to your house. <laughs> they, they will track you down within a week of me living in Ohio. I was getting mail from them. Wow. They still contact me to do other projects for them. And I've, I, I tossed them aside a long time ago. They wanted to do some reshoots for the thing that I did about a year after it was released. And uh, I told them, like, no, yeah. I don't look the same. I gained a whole bunch of weight. <laughs> it won't even look like the same person. None of that was true, but, I mean, I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore because nobody warned me that that's what I would be associated with for the most part, at least until I did something bigger. But even even after that, it would always lead back to this guy was the face of some fucked up shit. Yeah, like indoctrination and all that crap that I really don't like. Yeah, and, and it was it's sort of what I was recognized for. It, had anybody told me that, I I would have probably tried to save some some grace for myself and not done the damn thing. Um, but I was told it, it was a great career move. And I mean, there's Who a lot of. Telling you that, that was a great career move. I wanted they were, they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. And in some extent, I mean, it's really, it's really sort of plausible because you look at it, and their whole, their whole point of uh, marketing since like the mid '90s uh, was to get celebrities involved to be the face to make it seem like an elite sort of organization right. of people 
And so, you know, when you're there in their offices or, or in one of their buildings or whatever, you see people that you see on TV all the time, like walking around or you see their pictures everywhere. Or, right. So it did kind of seem like, oh, cool. I get to I get to roll with the big dogs. Right, right. No, and it's true. I mean, and, and what's funny is that there's like a whole culture of people who are just trying to sign up just for that reason alone. Right. I, when I first moved out to L.A., I did visit one of their centers uh that was my one touristy the first touristy thing i did i was like i need to go see these people we, it's like the we, bag yeah. of guns and dead body like was it good enough <laughs> nope i have to go and That's, sign up for yeah, a fucking gotta read. get weirder <laughs> uh and so yeah i went there and it was a great time uh they basically kicked me out of their building because they asked me what i knew about their organization and i told them you know, I told him everything I learned from South Park. And uh, <laughs> no, the guy, the guy was like, oh, really? I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of this. And I was like, oh, I, you haven't because Isaac Hayes just quit the show <laughs> yeah. because of that episode. And I'm pretty sure you've probably heard about it because you guys have tried to sue them yeah. multiple times. And he's like, oh, no, I've never heard of it. And here's the back door. Yeah. So they basically just kicked me out of the place because I knew too much already. <laughs> he knows um, too much, which is so funny at the age of the Internet. Right. South Park. It's all available. Yeah, like nothing's a secret. Mm. And like it, and like you see um some of those like documentaries that are out and they're just like they I mean they like they they like suppress the information. They have people who like if you even start questioning them, all of a sudden they'll just start the, they have an internal the they have an internal system that encourages other members to rat out. Yeah anybody that might be thinking of leaving right. or anybody that might disparage. And again, this is not Scientology that we're talking about because <laughs> I did sign a non-disclosure agreement. Exactly. Talking about this completely different Yeah, this other thing. This other thing yeah. that has um, documentaries and yeah, books and stuff right. written about mm -hmm. people who have escaped. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just funny that there is like, with the internet around, they're like, don't fucking, don't look at the internet. It's like, you know, it's like such a, and the, it's weird to me that they're still able to fucking function. It, they, they really do. I mean, it's sort of cliche, but they really do walk around like sheep. Mm. Um, the, uh, the people that I worked with were really good at their jobs, but it seemed like that's all they were. Like they were simply tools in this yeah. giant machine and they had no, there was no room for thought and there was, certainly wasn't any encouragement of it. <laughs> don't, be ask, don't be asking questions. Don't be thinking about shit. It was shit. weird. I sprained my ankle on set one day and I'm in this like multi-million dollar house up in the hills where we're filming. Um, I mean, there's like pictures of presidents on the wall and this is a very clearly a very rich important person's house who happened to be a member of this church mm. and uh i sprained my ankle on set so i'm i'm sitting outside i'm just trying to recover i'm smoking and one of the ladies comes up to me and she's like she's like would you would you mind if i tried something and she of all of the people that i worked with sort of had a little bit of a personality and i kind of thought she was like influenced by like native american culture because she kind of looked like she would be like a like an indian shaman or something mm. shit like that so i was like yeah cool you can do your indian magic on me that's fine <laughs> yeah, i welcome so you. she does this she sits me down and she touches me she's like i'm gonna touch you is that all right and i was like sure so she touches me very very lightly on the shoulder and she says just tell me when you feel it so she very lightly touches me did you feel that yeah she touches me on my elbow did you feel that 
Yeah. She touches me on my knee. Did you feel that? Yeah. She touches me on my ankle. Did you feel that? Yeah. And then she just stops and looks at me. She goes, huh? How does, how does <laughs> it feel? How does it feel? What do you feel? And I was like, I feel great. <laughs> and she's like, doesn't it feel like water rushing over your body? And I was like, yeah, sure it does, I guess. <laughs> And she's like, that's called an assist. You can stop by any of the centers anytime you want and have somebody do that for you. And then I was like, okay. And then she's like, you want to go back inside and start filming now? Like she thought she had healed my yeah. ankle. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit in this tidal wave that you've given me <laughs> for a little while. And then, you know, so I sat out there until I could walk straight again because whatever the hell she did didn't help me. Um, and that's when I started to realize that this really was kind of a fucked up situation to be in yeah that these people have been trained to think on such a different level that it's kind of scary it's it's kind of freaky and and yeah then then i started questioning what i was doing a little bit and then once the film was actually released um i had a friend who was on a mission trip in like ghana or something like mm. that and he i'm at the airport one day and he he calls me or sends me a facebook message or something he's like hey pretty sure i was just thinking about you the other day pretty sure i'm watching you on tv right now in ghana and i was like what <laughs> and he's like yeah i was thinking oh, i wonder how ace's thing is going and then i'm watching you on tv so i'm assuming it's going pretty good <laughs> and then i'm like okay this has got global this has global impact like my face is being used to indoctrinate people around the world this is kind of scary yeah and so i sort of removed myself from them as much as i possibly could like i said they're still trying to get me to do shit yes. and they, they just track you down i don't know how the hell they find you but they did it pay well i paid great yes. <laughs> it paid great <laughs> i still get paid for it actually i still get royalties off that shit that's interesting um and i i mean i did some other stuff too beyond that i kept acting after that i did um some episodes of my name is earl uh whenever he's in court i'm sitting behind him in court with my lawyer it's always the same guy um i did uh i was a computer tech on shark for a while which was james woods has got the dirtiest mouth in hollywood uh i did uh an episode of how i met your mother um i did some student films i did a couple commercials so i had some some reasonable success out there actually um, but the whole, I couldn't ever shake the idea of having had sold my soul to to a group that I certainly didn't believe in what they were practicing, but I, f I'm forever attached to it. So I kind of quit acting just for that for that reason. Cause yeah, because it seems like all the opportunities you got, I mean, to be doing extra work on like successful shows like that, I mean, that's not nothing. I mean, it seems like you could have parlayed that into a real career. Oh, I was I was getting there. Um, I was a co-star on um, a Nickelodeon show called Big Time Rush. <laughs> I was starting to get to the point where um, casting directors that I had seen before knew me and would mm -hmm. call me in themselves. Oh, okay. I had I was signed to an agent. I had a manager. I was signed to the uh, third biggest talent agency in the country. Um, like I was moving forward. I and it. it for the most part that can be a very slow process one of the best pieces of advice when i got out there i was told that on average it takes 10 years to simply make a living acting mm -hmm. and not a good living 
just yeah. enough to pay your bills. Right. And you probably still have to have another job. But I got to that point relatively quickly. Mm. Um, but then I was like, fuck this. Like, this is weird. So I, I quit doing that. And I started pursuing music. Um, I was signed to a label out there. And, uh, what was the label? It's called Maroki Sky Records. Um, what 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 were you signed for? Was it for like a band you were playing with, or was it just you or something? It was or? a solo solo act out there. But um, I also worked. I ended up working for the guy, uh, running sound and stuff. Um, I used to run sound at the Rainbow Room whenever they had bands play over at the Rainbow Room. I worked at uh, the Whiskey a Go Go for a long time. Sound tech and lighting tech there. That, that place doesn't exist anymore, does it? The whiskey? Yeah. It's still there. It's still there? I yeah. thought they closed it. Or is I am pretty sure that's CBGB's. still open. Yeah, CBG or whatever that is. Yeah, that's closed. Okay. Never um, <laughs> and the House of Blues that was across House the street, that closed. That was across from the comedy store, right? Yeah. And they fucking tore that down. Yep. Okay. But, you know, I got to, I got to play music with and work for some of my musical heroes, which was pretty great. Um... I got to uh, work with Eric Burden uh, from The Animals and War. Mm. I got to work with Donovan. Oh, nice. Um, I got... Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, man, that dude is what? slicker than Goose Poop, too. He's just... Like a cool dude. He's Yeah, and he's super calm. The Eric And I actually worked a show with both of them. They, they were friends when they were on tour back in the day, mm. and their tour sort of crossed paths, or one would be following the other. They got into a point where um, they would start fucking with each other. If if he, Donovan was going to be in a town and he knew Burden was coming the next week, he would play Burden's set. <laughs> and then so Burden would get there and he'd be like, shit, man, he, this is, he just shit. played all my shit. So they started doing that back and forth to each other. And I actually ended up working a, a show with both of them. It was a re-release of um, some footage from the Monterey Pop Festival. And they had had... Uh, sort of an after party uh they had that over at the egyptian theater in hollywood and they had the after party at the bar next door where i worked and um so i got to work a concert with both of those guys and donovan comes in and he's just super chill and about his business mm. he comes in starts setting up his gear there's no i mean it was just he was super easy to work with was he just doing an acoustic solo thing uh yeah he had at some point he had some band members behind him but for the most part, it, he was doing solo. Burden walks in with like two 20-year-old knockouts on his arm, like and a pimp stick. <laughs> and uh, and he's walking real slow. And like I'm just like, man, he's he's gotten old. Yeah. Like, and then he, he walks straight into the farthest, darkest corner booth of this place and just sits there and people sort of flock to him and mm. he's sort of the center of attention. Meanwhile, I'm like, but that's Donovan right that's there. That's Mel He's What's the watch other this guy. fucking amazing song that's like super dark but like lively because it's Donovan? Uh, uh, a lot of his stuff was like that. I know, but it was a popular one of his songs. Oh my God. It's like a song that I would play on repeat constantly. Fuck my ass. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's gonna bother me now. Like I'm gonna have to sit here and Google it and interrupt your story. <coughs> Anyways, keep oh, going. Right. I'm listening. I'm just gonna Google why you talk. So, so, so what? What? So, Burden sitting, Burden sitting there in the corner, and people are fawning all over him. Donovan's up there playing. Donovan starts to play some song that puts a bug up Burden's butt, 
and he basically just shoes everybody away from him and runs on stage and then proceeds <laughs> to freestyle rap for nearly 10 minutes what the and fuck? i was like holy shit eric burden invented rap like <laughs> i didn't know and yeah that was a crazy experience and then not too long after that one i got to uh play a set and run some sound with uh the ruddles which was monty python's parody beetle band the ruddles yeah that was great wait, I, so wait did it have like the original members? yeah eric there? eric idol was there okay. um eric idol was playing my guitar i was like this is fucking sweet guitar, like i'm playing drums with him and he's playing my guitar i was like this is great i got to uh do some work with mickey dolan's from the monkeys uh how did you how did you just is this just shit you stumbled on like how do you even like get to these points i tend to stumble into a lot uh in life um yeah it's it's uh yeah it's sort of just that um just uh, being there at the episode yeah i was a good sound tech i worked um and i worked i did it all the time so uh, running sound for people and then working with the record label that i was working with and under um i got to record with a lot of these people i got to sit in on sessions with them um i had them sit in on sessions with some of my music Dude. it was a great it was a great experience um and it was a shitload of fun um and it was it was cool for me because it was sort of the style of music that i actually liked like i wasn't out there i don't listen to most new popular music so mm. this was all the genres and music that i really did listen to and right. so it was a very good opportunity but yeah for me. i mean like all those that 60s and 70s shit it was great like, all that shit is fucking amazing and that was pop music at one time right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel you so you were just so what happened with your deal and these recordings um, and shit the uh guy that ran that particular record label and the concert promotion company that he had he and i had a real big falling out and uh there was a clause in my contract that if he didn't attempt to reach out for to me in a period of three months or longer that i could opt out of my contract and it was null and void Mm. and so he and i got in a big stupid fucking argument and uh he didn't contact me for like six months so i already knew i had the out Mm. the unfortunate thing is he holds my album on a shelf now he can't do anything with it he probably has tried to remove the vocal tracks Mm. and then put other people on those songs that i wrote because he's real shady like that (sighs) that's one of the reasons we had this falling out was he brought me a song one day and he's like it's got jimmy vivino from the tonight show band on it i was like oh hell yeah (laughs) yeah i want to record on he's like yeah just write a song about a train or something and and do that over top of it i was like cool i'm in there recording the song and i'm thinking i have heard this song before turns out it was a kid that i had run sound for before who was also under this label who also got in an argument with this guy and he yeah he tried to repackage the song and sell it off with me i I was just like nope i'm not i can't do this this is justin zuban's song i'm not gonna sing on top of this and then so i'm sure he's tried to do that with my stuff but I think people are probably pretty quick to figure out that why do you just have good music sitting around? You yeah. Know? <laughs> like you can't play but an instrument at all. I don't, I don't understand. So like, is this guy just have money and he's just like, I'm going to fund these weird little projects and I'm going to call it a label or he was, I mean, he was a hustler. Um, yeah. he, 
Uh, I mean, he was like a cabbie in New York City back in the 60s and 70s and shit. So that qualifies. He's, he's kind of got, yeah, right? Of course, <laughs> of course, now you should be involved in the music industry. But he's been out there, he's been out there for years and years and uh, started running this company. I mean, he is a music lover and he is a music aficionado. He's just sort of a terrible person sometimes. Mm. Um, so he, he had built up connections just by being a, a promoter of local bands and the, the pay to play system. Mm. is sort of his fault oh uh, uh he is the like main proprietor of you pay me money and, and you can play I, yeah. and i'll use your talents yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and the clubs that he booked at he almost always walked away with all the door um you know he'd pay the sound guys but very yeah. rarely did bands get paid you know, if they brought a good crowd in, they could maybe walk away with half of the door. Maybe. But he's getting paid by the club. He's getting paid by the bands. He's getting paid by the people that come to see him. Mm. So he was making money. And, he, I mean, he didn't live real extravagantly or anything like that. It almost seemed like he didn't have much money. But he definitely was making money hand over fist. So he was, like, just one of those, like, like he is like the image of the slimy la guy that everyone here in the midwest would probably have right i mean he's like and he's sort of the perfect cross between like like uh, what you would imagine to be a slimy new york guy and a slimy (laughs) la guy he really is the perfect mix of them and uh his reputation precedes him Mm. um there was a point where my father was talking to somebody here in Toledo, a local musician around mm-hmm. here at the time. And the kid was like, yeah, I was out there for a while. I got involved with some real assholes. There, there was this guy. And he, he says he says this guy's name. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, my son works for him now. <laughs> He's like, tell your son to fucking run. <laughs> run. <laughs> run hard and run fast. Wow. So I, I, once I had the falling out with him, I stopped. Um, then I sort of stopped pursuing music for a little while and pursued my crazy ex-wife. Um, well, that, and that's a full-time job. And that is, that is. That is. <laughs> uh, but I ended up getting back into music. I had done some more acting, and then I did a student film. And one of the one of the other characters in the student film, one of the other actors, uh, who does have a relatively decent acting career, he's, he is sort of well-known. He was in a boy band uh, years and years ago. And uh, he was my brother on this movie that we did. And we sort of bonded and we got became friends. And he's like, hey, you play music? He's like, you got to listen to some of my stuff. And he played me some of his stuff. And it was really well produced. Mm. Not exactly my style, but yeah. really well done. Right. It's like, yeah, you want to, I'm trying to put a band together. You want to come play music? And I was like, sure. So I started playing music in his band. I was playing bass in his band with him. And we had some, we had some success at our doorstep. Um, the guy that was uh, producing that band was like a musical genius, just insanely good at what he did, and probably one of the best living drummers around. Yeah. And he was a legacy. His father was a, a drummer, he used to drum for the Whalers. Mm, okay. Um, and for Toots and Maytall. Oh, okay. Um, so th- that guy, I, nothing but respect for that dude. He was insanely good at what he did, and he was a hustler, like constantly moving, constantly setting something up. We did some recordings at Capitol Records. We got f- driven out to Vegas to record in, at the Palms, and they put us up at the Palms to record. Um, that band looked like it had legs, um, but there was a falling out between 
basically everybody in that band. Nobody and so that, liked each other. That just kind of stopped. I mean, we all got along. The, the kid that was the lead singer was kind of hard to work with sometimes. Mm-hmm. He he sort of his head was too big sometimes, and that got in the way of some of our success. Yeah, it certainly wasn't for lack of talent. It, yeah. it was more of uh, an overabundance of ego. So, well, like, what? Give me an example of something that he would do. Like, would he be like, "That's not right. It has to go like this." I mean, like, what? Would... Mm. So, uh, he's a real pretty boy, mm. and uh, uh, I think he almost felt like that was going to be the crux of our success. Was <laughs> it's like I'm beautiful. That he, hey, I got <laughs> I got abs. People are going to want to listen to this. <laughs> And so we would we would record a song, and then they'd go to shoot a video for it. But the video would just be him by himself, shirtless, playing the bass, which he didn't even play. <laughs> and it was like, what the what the fuck is going on here? Right. So he's like, this is what this needs to be our image. Right. right here. This is it. And, and I'm playing this bass guitar. And I get it, you know, because that is the characters that he plays on TV. He's very much the handsome leading man type okay. guy. Yeah, that makes sense. And he did he did come from a boy band, which was all image. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I understand his mentality. And that is the mentality of a lot of people out there is, look, my beauty is one of my talents and yeah. I will I will use it. Right. Um, which it can go a long way it can go and he's having success with it he really is um but to me it was some some of it was just weird it was just like man that makes no sense at all but okay whatever you know and we got put in front of some some bigger uh major labels and he kind of they didn't want to touch him because he was a former boy bander Mm -hmm. and uh he i don't know if he had a bad reputation in the business or whatever but when i first met him and he told me that he was in a boy band. I was like, oh, man, I remember I saw you on that American Greed special where they were interviewing Lou Pearlman in jail. Um, and he was still managing you guys while he was in jail. Oh, and they like, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you were the one in the, like the light purple shirt doing the head <laughs> jive or something. They played a little clip of it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was a kid. You know, so he was, he sort of grew up in the business to some extent because yeah. I believe he probably started in that band when he was maybe 17. Right. And we didn't cross paths until he was maybe 30. Yeah. So he had had 15 years 15 of being years told of- he's just the most talented, beautiful yeah. thing on earth. And so that does get in the way at some point. It does, I'm sure. I was going to ask you because I do want to get back to your fucking boy band experience. Um, <laughs> so. I, I wasn't trying to be jape. Jape. I've been listening a lot of Game of Thrones, and my favorite thing is like, "Are you japing? Are you japing me right now?" <laughs> like that's my favorite word. Um, that and she was stricken with the moon blood. It was probably one of my favorite sentences ever. That's a ever. good one. Yeah, <laughs> she was stricken with the moon blood. Uh, with that like taste of celebrity within that organization, did you? It seems like it was a tension that you didn't want. Do you think that, just from that experience, do you think that if you were to hit like that celebrity status, that it'd be something that you would dislike or something that you would embrace? Or like, how how do you think you would handle it if you would have like, you know, your boy band would have took off? I, I I probably I mean I would have embraced it. I I tried to make the best of it. I 
did a lot of work in North Hollywood. Um, uh, North Hollywood is actually a great little town, and uh, it's sort of far enough away from Hollywood and LA itself to be its own thing and it's got an amazing arts community mm. there are more theaters within a five mile radius in North Hollywood than there are anywhere except for New York mm. oh, and cool. so it was just awesome to be out there and I did some work out there uh, for like an educational program so they would bus in kids from around the country and sometimes around the world and we'd do a show for them and talk to them about what it's like to be in the business and blah 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 and it really you could tell that it was sort of inspiring to these kids and so having the opportunity to do that because of the success that i had was great so i could see myself embracing any further success if only to give back <laughs> but uh but I, I probably would also be a bit of a recluse <laughs> Like I, I didn't, we did some, we did some red carpet events and stuff like that. And it was just weird. I, I didn't fit in, in that crowd. Yeah. I, I didn't look like I belonged there, like mm. high end fashion shows and things. And I'm like wearing the clothes I was yesterday. And <laughs> I, I got a mohawk. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had like a pole on my arm. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. I'm basically covered in prison tattoos <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it didn't seem like it it was exactly the right fit for me, but um, I, I I would have embraced it as best as I could, and I, I think there no matter what I would have hit a breaking point where it just would have been okay. I'm done with this now. Mm. Like, well, it, it seems like that was kind of the trajectory, anyways. Like you were like, okay, acting. I'm yeah, it wasn't. I like, get bored pretty quick, and it wasn't like it was drying up. It didn't seem like all oh my all oh, it all drew I dr uh, dried up and fucking not dipping in this well anymore. I better go do music. It seems like you're just like, like okay, yeah, yeah, I know what this is. The, I, there's a a movie uh, adaptation, and uh, one of the characters in that movie, he seems to become somewhat of an expert in areas of life, and then just quits. Mm. It's kind of how I am sometimes. And like he's there's a line in that movie where he's like, I knew everything about fish. And then one day I just decided, fuck fish. <laughs> Ain't so much as put my toe in an ocean since. And I, I was like, yeah, I kind of get that. That that character is amazing. Just, yeah, that's a great movie. Too. I don't, yeah, it's a great movie. But like that character, that's the one where um, they're like making fucking drugs out of the, the plants and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, they're making, uh, they're making some sort of... Uh, cocaine out of uh the ghost orchid the ghost orchid which is protected by the state yeah they're pulling it out of a indian reserve or something like that uh yeah that's that's a great movie it's a really weird movie charlie kaufman is probably my favorite screenplay he's writer. amazing what, what's a schenectady new york yeah schenectady and then he did um human nature is a great one oh, with yeah. tim robbins he did uh yeah that was like one of the first ones being john malkovich which is probably my favorite it's movie a classic and uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah that dude's great yeah yeah totally i'm fucking i'm with you so so the the boy band i'm not I'm, i keep calling it a boy band but it's only the guy that asa was no, working we with. were a man band a man <laughs> we were a man band <laughs> It, yeah, it was it was a boy band. I mean, like we were trying to get sponsored by John Varvatos at one point in time. Oh, so it's yeah. like it it was about the way you looked. Yeah, uh, 
to a big extent. But like the music and the musicianship was probably there too. The the people that were playing music in that band, aside from myself, I would not include myself in that <laughs> level of talent. Were actually amazing. The guitar player was insanely good. Mm. The guy playing drums and producing the band, easily one of the best musicians I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and then. I somehow got roped into it. <laughs> then I think I was really just there to make the other guy look prettier. <laughs> it's like, I want this guy next to like, me because... Uh, he's kind of normal looking. <laughs> make You stand next to that guy for a second. Do you have like a, 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 your F-hole hanging out too, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please please show your bad tattoos. <laughs> and I was also like a foot and a half shorter than everybody else in the band. Yeah. It was It was weird. It was weird times. It's, it's so funny how LA is like one of those places where like you can go a long way with your looks, but if you have talent and looks, like you can like you can actually function. Mm-hmm. Maybe I guess I don't know. I'm making wild, sweeping generalizations. That's about pretty that true. I don't know that much about. So you know, there's a thing like a triple threat, which means you can sing, dance, and act. Yeah. In LA, the triple threat is you know, can you do sit-ups? <laughs> <laughs> you know does your does your hair look good and maybe you have a talent (laughs) and if you do on the bottom yeah if you maybe have a talent oh you're doing pretty good you're doing pretty good your hair looks good welcome (laughs) to hollywood you'd be a good singer (laughs) your hair looks good you could yeah singing comes later just work on the hair bro that, shh, you don't even have to know how to sing they will yeah. they will do all that shit in post <laughs> which, which is what i love about britney spears as like a performer like she has gone so far with like so little so I mean, she could dance a little <laughs> but like those tracks have you ever heard those tracks where she's singing was it her but something was leaked where it, you can hear her actual voice compared to when they auto-tune it that and, and that might not be britney spears either that's a really broad sweeping thing in modern music i once heard um a friend of mine was uh i once heard the raw tracks from uh the chili peppers californication oh okay and it was god awful i think he just can't really sing he is fucking terrible yeah everybody else in the band was nailing shit on the first take right they the, from what i understand a good portion of the budget for that album was spent on re-recording and producing <laughs> Ketis's vocals in post supposedly and i might be this might not be true but the song around the world where he ching ching chong chong yeah. ching changs <laughs> yeah. he would do that and because he hadn't written his lyrics ching chong ting chong. he didn't have anything to actually sing so he would just fill that space in the in the booth so that the rest of the band had some concept of what words where they would go yeah but he was so bad and lazy at his job that that's just they just like fuck it we we gotta keep it like it's not gonna get any better than ching ching chong chong ching chang fans everybody (laughs) fans everywhere rejoice and they really did like oh man he's a genius he's a fucking genius anthony kiedis is kind of scatting right now this is great (laughs) have you ever attempted to read his book no don't no because it's only gonna make you hate him more i yeah like he was like the worst person you could ever want it like he was stealing from friends missing recording sessions he was probably busy getting high and just never went back to the studio yeah like he is just he's like a pedophile like he terrible. even says that he's a terrible vocalist and that uh, it was all luck that actually does make me respect him a little bit a little bit more right i mean like, he admits he's like i don't know what i'm doing here people who are somewhat self-aware in the industry are kind of few and far in between i once heard an interview with john mayer <laughs> Um, who I hated. I just hate nearly everything about him, but he has some kind of condition 
where he loses his voice for months at Whoa. a time. And uh, this last, he had to cancel a tour at the time when I heard this interview because he had lost his voice and he was got super depressed and he started listening to like Willie Nelson. Mm. That's why the next album he released had a whole different feel to it Yeah, because he said, he goes, look, I don't want to sing like this. This is just the only thing that comes out of my face. I realize <laughs> what it sounds like. He's like, yeah. I wish I could do better, but this is all I can do. Right. And I was like, oh man, I might have respect for John Mayer. And he's like, and then I realized what I am as a guitar player. And he goes, uh, when I first got, after I got healed, went into the do the recording, my band's all ready to go. We do it. I hit a wrong note. Everybody stops. And I kept going and everyone was like, what? What? And he's like, oh no, yeah. I've realized that it's more about the moment than it is the notes. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. I really do have respect for John Mayer now. And then I think he's probably gone back to his you know no he had, <laughs> never mind it's about the it's about the notes <laughs> look at all my notes i'm frequently tall and somewhat good looking and i can play this guitar yeah i felt my friend went to go see uh the dead show oh and i was like he was like oh i'm in the first set or whatever i was loving it and then by the second set i was just like i paid money to see john mayer what the <laughs> hell happened <laughs> Dude, i thought that was abhorrent like i'm sorry like that it's sad and and i i used to hate john mayer so much i, I mean he's, think he's wicked worst. talented he's so but i've learned to really 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 like john mayer like the the one the country album they did yeah. he did a country couple of them but this not the can't remember that's how much i love him is i can't remember his fucking <laughs> name of his i think it was big valley or some shit i don't know I fucking love that album. Like it's like perfect traveling music. Like I, I just I love his turn of phrase. I love his his guitar. Like I like John Mayer. I'm, I'm over here sucking his dick. But I thought that watching the dead because I just saw some live feeds on YouTube, right. Facebook. I was like, this is fucking terrible. This is gross. This is the <laughs> fucking worst thing ever. And I talked to um, this guy named Scott Turney, who is uh, he was the guitarist for uh, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Oh, hell yeah! And he he came on the show and he he didn't want to talk shit about John Mayer, but he fucking he hated John. <laughs> and like he thought the whole idea was stupid, and like he was like, "This is fucking," you know, like he just was not into like the whole idea. And but he's had like personal experiences with John Mayer that he wouldn't really go to on uh, go. He wouldn't. He wouldn't talk about him on mic, but right. off mic, he was like, which I guess I shouldn't talk about now. <laughs> he said <laughs> this. <laughs> but it's it, it's just, it, it's, what I, what he told me basically was John Mayer's kind of a dick, but whatever. I couldn't, I, I, you could, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> it, it's weird because like when you see people, um, when you like, because I was a friend, um, one of my friends was uh, a charger one of the san diego chargers and it's weird hanging out with these people like in public or or yeah. like i've had a couple friends who like who are you know moderately well, famous right well known in their industry and it's so weird trying to hang out with them like at a restaurant or a bar because people are constantly bombarding them mm -hmm. and so i can see how people could be guarded in that position and i can see how they could be you know they could come off as an asshole right because people are always wanting some shit right. from and them. nobody wants and at a certain point of your own success nobody wants you to continue to succeed mm -hmm. people are people are watching you so you fall yeah it's like oh i can't wait to catch this motherfucker yeah they <laughs> they, they wanna yeah they, they want to be the one to watch you fall no one's like oh this guy was a wonderful person they're more like oh no he was a dick yeah. they, they really want you to be a dick they right. don't really 
because it's a better story. It's yeah. a better story well, than so. he was a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah no one cares. <laughs> that you John don't Mayer you don't go nice much guy. further than that. It's like he's a really nice guy. He's a good conversationalist. Yeah. What do you say after that? But you could talk about him being a dick for hours. You called me a fag. You know, that was terrible. <laughs> it was like get, get the social justice warriors on the phone. <laughs> we got we got a fucking hashtag protest going on here, bitch. <laughs> um, which. Anyway, I was referring to when, because uh, do you remember what, what's his name? Is it Jonah Hill? The fat, yeah. funny guy? Yeah. Do you remember when he got, uh, like, made headlines because he called one of the, uh, one of the uh, TMZ people a fag or something? Like, get away from me, fag. And he had to, like, go and apologize mm-hmm. for being, like, harassed. Mm-hmm. He was being harassed by some asshole you know filming them taking pictures right. and he's just trying to go get a burger or whatever the fuck he's trying to do he's just trying to exist as a human and these guys are just up in his asshole and he's just like fuck you get away from me fat whatever it was. in our generation the use of the word like that's gay or fag or whatever it was it was used in not a derogatory it was nonchalant yeah yeah exactly i mean and people and you know what's funny being back here i hear it like especially being at ups oh man i heard it all the time <laughs> that and the white kids saying nigga all the time and like fucking it, it's, it's it's so weird to be back here it really is and i know i know like la and california is its own little well the whole west coast the left coast is like this super liberal hub of fucking whatever and so you know people are a little bit more prone to like follow these social rules but like here in the midwest they don't give in no the fucks. back of a fucking ups trailer no fucks giving <laughs> no one cares the boss says it it's just it was like weird it, hit, it, it threw me off like was. at first when i first got back here i i i spent some time just going to different clubs and just to see what the vibe was but mm-hmm. i spent most of the time sitting by myself in a corner like smoking a cigarette just listening and being slightly shocked that i was like i thought because i have been i've been in this bubble for over a decade i was like i thought we were over this (laughs) i I thought we got past this i thought maybe not no the midwest still exists the midwest (laughs) and like the south is still fucked up like in that sense Mm -hmm. but um it's turned more into like an east coast versus west coast thing than a north versus south right because like southwest is still like this little but you still get like in the arizona and they still are like fucking mexicans Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's everywhere it's just like you're in a bubble like when you're in especially southern california you're in this little bubble where if you even like step out of that you're like looked down upon like you You are frowned upon if you were to step outside this ideology of fucking not having a sense of humor <laughs> so i have a, a good friend of mine uh is a comedian and he's touring the country right now but he was a regular at the comedy store oh no nice. and uh he is from a small small town in washington state mm-hmm. which was very much like the surroundings that we kind of grew up in yeah. or any sort of small town yeah. america where that's its own bubble too and it's you know uh, years behind the the intellectual elitism of like a New York or a California where everybody thinks they're emotionally more mature. Um, But they, they all get butt hurt so easy. So they're not that mature with it. Um, But watching this guy do his routine, because his routine was very much meat and potatoes, Midwest type would fly 
all over this country, but he would offend people out there just because he spoke straight yeah. and he didn't care if he said a word that pissed you off. He's like, it's a joke. If you yeah. can't take a joke, why the fuck are you in a comedy club right now? <laughs> Which I, that's another thing. Why do people go to comedy clubs to be offended? Like, don't you know where you're going? You're stepping into a temple of like freedom of speech. Right. Like, Literally, is- it's their job to push your boundaries and, and to observe things in a manner that you probably are blind to. Yeah. And uh, But somehow oddly relate to. Yeah. And and it was kind of funny to watch him. So he's on he's on tour around the country now. So I, I and I'm I'm happy for him because he's definitely speaking more to his audience now than he was out there. Mm. Um, because he would tell jokes like out there that I don't think anybody could really relate to unless you were from a small town. He's yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm from I'm from small town America. He, he's got an accent somehow. He's got like a southern drawl, even though he's it, from Washington, Washington State. <laughs> and he'd be like. One of his jokes was, uh, they, you know, you could really tell how much they believed in the kids in the school that I went to. One of our programs was, uh, one of my classes was lawn mowing. <laughs> and and to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that actually, <laughs> That's I, pretty fun, yeah. that probably would have been a good course out where I grew up. Like right. <laughs> that, that would have done well. Hell yeah. And I can see everybody else just like, oh, you nah. didn't have French philosophy. And I was like. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, you need to go tell that joke in Alabama. <laughs> like, I got my degree in lawn mowing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm happy that he's out there now. But he, he sort of was a, one of those characters that, you know, he's in that bubble too. And, and it, it, it forced him to sort of step sort of outside of where he was raised just to even survive there. You have to, you have to be in the environment that you're in to really get anywhere. So uh, it was fun to watch him try to uh, sort of censor himself, mm. and uh, he wasn't real good at it. <laughs> well, I would hope now he's a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> he he actually so he has a he has cerebral palsy, mm. and there's another comedian out there, Josh, Josh Blue. Blue. Josh Blue. He's got cerebral palsy as well, and those two hate each other. Oh, what the fuck! It's fucking wonderful. I, I thought, I thought, I swear, I thought I was gonna see the cripple fight from South oh, Park in real shit. life one time. I was like, oh man, these two are gonna get it on. This is gonna be the best shit in the world. <laughs> Davy's tough. Davy, Davy grew up getting picked on, mm-hmm. and he can handle himself. And he's got like razor blades for elbows, so he'll oh, cut shit. you. And uh, like, I watched him chase uh, another comedian out of the comedy store and down Sunset Strip in the middle of the road. Jeez. At night, it was busy as fuck. Yeah. This guy, like, I'm, I'm hanging out with Davey there at the comedy store. And this other comedian, I believe, his name was Dragon. Um, <laughs> Dragon is sort of exactly what you would think a guy named Dragon is. He's probably middle-aged 40s wearing like a, like a flame, flame printed. Yeah. I, was thinking, I could see him. He had spiky hair. <laughs> yep. This is, this is Dragon. <laughs> he this might have a wallet chain. Exactly. Exactly that. All of that. <laughs> wear those stupid shoes the wink not yeah the, tip, the white yeah the yeah the fucking like he's a hot rodder this is exactly this you literally <laughs> just described him to a t that's the guy you're thinking so we're sitting in the back of the comedy store and apparently i'm giving this guy the side eye because i'm just like what the fuck are you doing yeah, here man like, oh, okay, like yeah. hey, you bet your comedy is just terrible <laughs> and uh he didn't like the way I was looking at him, even though I wasn't really paying attention to him. I right. just kind of always have a, what the fuck are you doing face is it, on, is it the, no matter what. Would you consider it the resting bitch face? Uh, Henry Rollins 
calls it uh, a relaxed negativity, <laughs> which is sort of, growing. yeah, it's sort of, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because yeah. people always are like, what do you smell right now? And yeah. I'm like, nothing. This is just my face. <laughs> like, this is, no, just, just, this is just life, yeah. I guess. <laughs> you ever stepped outside? Yeah, and so this guy throws a beer bottle at me, and oh he God. was drunk, and he missed drastically. I yeah. didn't even know he was throwing it at Dragon me. Dragon doesn't have good skills. No, Dragon, yeah, he would think he's probably had some practice with Chinese stars before, but he, <laughs> bottles not so much. So he threw this bottle in my general direction, but Davey knew he was throwing it at me, and I had no clue. And Davey all just like a bat out of hell for as fast as a kid with cerebral palsy can move, yeah. <laughs> which is not that fast. No, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> he starts, he's like, what the fuck? And he starts chasing this dude, is jumping over tables and over the little what? ledge there to get away from my friend Davey, and Davey's just like dragging his leg, trying to catch the guy. <laughs> And he's like, you motherfucker, chases him clear out into the middle of the Sunset Strip and then down the road. And I was just like, what the fuck was that about? And he's like, he threw a bottle at you. And I was like, well, he missed. I don't really care. <laughs> that bottle that landed 20 feet <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> the one that was, was like way over there, man, it missed me completely. He's like, yeah, and I don't like him anyway. And I didn't want to listen to him tonight. And I was like, all right, great, man. <laughs> he him off his own set. That's funny. That's fantastic. Dave, Davey's a badass. That's awesome. It's funny. It's like you would have... It's like how like all white people assume that black all black people get along because they're black. It's like you gotta meet my black friend <laughs> right. Jerome. You're gonna love him. Do you know him? Like, like no, I, I don't. I was just picturing like why wouldn't fucking two guys with cerebral palsy like each other? But like, <laughs> fuck, you're. I'm so stupid. Like it's just how I think. But I mean, yeah, like anybody else, they're good. You're gonna have beefs with people. And yeah, it's just how it goes. Some people's chemistry is just opposite yeah Davey and i got along real good we had we've got some stories oh, yeah. about our adventures out there we got once got accused of stealing a pa system oh. from uh, a nightclub out there That's and i don't know how you think my little ass and a kid with cerebral palsy are walking away with 200 pound speakers on our backs <laughs> in any kind of discreet way so wait this wasn't a small system <laughs> there's a big system that got stolen and they're they're thinking that uh davy Myself and then my other buddy Peaches, they thought that we had stole this stuff. Now Peaches legitimately could have lugged these things around mm -hmm. on his back, but you're, I'm like, no, look at this group of people, man. We're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> like we stand out here. Right. Like we don't look like we're from Hollywood, right. and we definitely aren't getting away with anything. <laughs> and that same night that we got accused of that shit, we're pulling up on Hollywood Boulevard, and somebody starts shouting stupid shit to us in the car and uh peaches wasn't having it peaches peaches is like stop the car so i'm i'm literally like in a in an intersection on hollywood boulevard in one of the busier at the busier times and peaches just gets out of the car runs over to those dudes and i'm like davy stay in the car and he's like i'm gonna go get peaches we're gonna take care of these guys and then we're just gonna leave yeah. and davy's like hell no and he starts to try to unbuckle his seatbelt shit and i'm like davy this is going to be over before you can even get out of the car. <laughs> Stay in the car. So I get out of the car. We go over there. Those those dudes end up running off and turn around and Davey had just gotten out of the car. And I'm like, damn it, Davey, get back in the car. It's going to take you five minutes to get in the fucking car. And my car is in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. I told you to stay in the car. And he's like, I want to have fun too. And I'm like, no, man, no. <laughs> like this was this had to be a quick entrance exit thing and right. now i'm literally we're gonna get pulled over because we're just in the middle of hollywood boulevard waiting for you to to get back into the fucking car man yeah, i was I like mean, stay in the car 
<laughs> so did you guys like punch or was it just yelling and uh peaches hit the one kid and then the rest of them oh. took off because <laughs> peaches peaches was a big dude uh, he i mean he wasn't tall or anything but he was real stocky and he was a like a wrestler and he, yeah. he was he he was a pretty intimidating dude when he wanted to be and he kind of sounded like like he had a real grumbly voice i love those voices yeah he was great with the tom waitsy voices yeah it was awesome i did whippets one time and listening (laughs) to his voice on whippets is just the weirdest shit i've ever heard in my life i didn't know human voices could go that low (laughs) it's a low hum just otherworldly it was crazy (laughs) um yeah that was a fun that was a fun night well it's you I don't know, like, it's, I'm about to lose my residency in California because my license expires in a couple weeks, and I'm so bummed because California residency, like, to me, is, like, was, like, the hardest, I mean, it was, it was not hard to get a license, although I failed the test three times, (laughs) Um, but the time I went in when I was drunk, I passed just fine. Um, The... I forgot what I was talking about. Jesus Christ. Oh, just getting that residency and, like, having that, it just makes me, like, having it here, it just makes me feel better. Because, like, I can still get medical marijuana card from right. California right. for 20 bucks right. and go to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Ohio thing here is insane. I don't know if you've heard about, like, Can't smoke ma- dry herb, which is the weirdest shit in the world. And you know why? The kids. <laughs> the okay. children sure <laughs> the children can't you can't be smoking joints in front of them because it's suggestive oh. so smoke only the strongest condensed i feel like whoever portions. passed that law had never done a dab before right? they're like no you guys do that instead because that's definitely safer like nope it's, that shit's gonna knock you that out. shit is a fucking narcotic <laughs> yep. it's a fucking narcotic Somebody Edibles. will die on that one day. Right. Somebody, somebody's gonna definitely going to die on concentrates. Like. They, it, it's like, why would you take... And like, fucking edibles, dude. Edibles make you fucking hallucinate. Like, Ed, yeah, edibles are nuts. I don't know what these motherfuckers were doing in the 70s talking about eating all these brownies and shit. I guess the weed was worse. But the fuck, the shit you fuck with now, like, it makes you fucking... It, it makes you fucking trip. Like, it, you are tripping. Yep. It's, yeah. And so, like, it's... Anyways... I, I mean, like, having the California residency, I mean, especially now, it's so hard to, like, just move there. Like, for me, it was hard to, like, get established there. Mm-hmm. It took a long time. Yeah. And to, like, really get your zen about it. Because, like, it's a culture shock, dude. Yeah, like, it you, is. you just don't even know. I mean, California literally is, like, like land of dreams it's just like even like the most mundane thing like i was riding a bus and like seeing the fucking um seeing the sun coming up over the fucking bay right is just like the most breathtaking i'm going to work but like i'm just and i'm on a shitty bus at six in the morning right next to the guy who's covering his own piss and shit but it's beautiful but it's like it's the fucking most beautiful, beautiful thing you can see I used, to, I used to walk to work and my boss would be like, why do you walk to work? And I was like walking up a side of a mountain. And I was like, if you saw where I was from, <laughs> you would know you got this thing out here in California called scenery. scenery. <laughs> we don't really have that where I'm from. So no. I will walk up the side of this mountain. <laughs> Happily. Gladly. Every at five in the morning. Yeah. Let's go. Marching this sounds great. Son of a bitch. This right sounds now. great. We don't have hills where I'm from. This is wonderful. Any any kind of elevation at all. It's just incredible. And yeah. And it, it's so hard. Like even and you know, like 
we were driving up, you know, driving across country and like, like the whole West Coast is just like this incredible. It might as well be a, one big national park, except for like, like in like, the cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cities. I mean, which there's amazing cities, but like, like Oregon is just one big national park. Washington might as well. I mean, until you get east, of course, right in Washington, and then it gets all like shitty and arid and gross. But like you get, you. I stay. believe that's where Davy is from. The, the shitty, the <laughs> shitty side of the mountains the there in Washington. Gross. Park. <laughs> But I mean, it's just it, it's just such a bummer. And I mean, like we got like the Appalachians and shit down here. But that's I mean, it's just nothing compared to like how, what it is there. What's what's one of the like the what's one of the biggest things that you miss besides weather in SoCal, like or just California in general? What what's one of the biggest things you miss? Um, I, I mean, honestly, the weather really was one of the biggest things just it did at one point in time start to feel like groundhog's day because every day it's 70 degrees and it's like the same day it sort of mm-hmm. started all to blend into itself um yeah. Yeah. i kind of miss uh the the drive that people have out there because mm-hmm. a lot of people are transplants they go out there because they're trying to do something for themselves right and so you get all these you meet all these people who are moving and there's a lot less of that there's i mean there are there's a lot of people that are motivated in this area but in comparison there are people who are simply complacent yeah and it's sort of that collective drive mentality that just i kind of miss that like where any day i'd meet somebody who's trying to do something out here and and like do something like not just like i'm trying to act and be rich and famous like they're trying to like change everything and how the entire world is perceiving something you know yeah totally like they're like out to change the world people right. are, are out there to change the world. people who are out to change the world don't generally hang around toledo but no, no. you know there are some i and like it i mean if i was younger and i moved back here like if i was like only lasted a couple years in in california and then got spit back out back here i mean like i probably would be a lot more crazy than i am <laughs> i'm older now and so like i'm able to take this change a little with a little bit more grace like very little grace. <laughs> but i mean there is some there and i'm able to sort of see a positive side to it and i think we were kind of talking about like we were just texting back and forth um when you actually you reached out to me and fuck, we we're just talking about how like you know, it is nice to not have to come up with $2,500 a month. Oh, it's and spectacular. It is nice that we are a day's drive from New York, fucking Nashville, fucking Chicago, Chicago Indianapolis, Detroit, fucking, <laughs> you know, any major metropolitan city is like within a day yeah. of Toledo. The crossroads of America. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> And you know, and like I, I, I have, I really had to like stop talking shit about Toledo, and like because like, what am I gonna be? Am I gonna be that guy who just is like, ooh, all bitter and like mad about my life here because now I'm back in the place that I started from, and I worked so hard to stay away from, and was dragged back here unwillingly, <laughs> but here I am. But there, there, there is opportunity. There is opportunity here. Yeah, um, and, exactly. I was talking with somebody the other day, and. Uh, you know, this guy is an investor and he's got some business plans and things like that. And he's like, I can't find anybody who's motivated to do anything out here. And he's like, he's like, I'm confused about you and why you're here. And he's like, cause 
I've, you know, I've got some talents that lie outside of the normal realm of Midwest. Mm. And, uh, he's like, why don't you, why don't you take, you know, your videography or, and go somewhere else? And I was like, eh, there's room for change here. Yeah. And you can go somewhere else, but why not try to make the space that you're in, uh, an example of what you would like. So it's maybe not change the world, but maybe I can change this square block would be great. Which Start is, there and then move move out from that spot. And and it's definitely more doable financially. Um, and there is there is a greater acceptance towards at least where my areas of interest lie in this area now than there was when we lived here before. Yeah. Um, just the fact that there's so many places like you couldn't get a paying gig to play music. 12 years ago around here there was maybe three bands that were getting paid to play right now there is hundreds mm -hmm. literally hundreds of bands in this area and artists that are getting paid to do their craft mm -hmm. and i think i would be a lot more jaded about being back here if if that if i didn't see that right, right. away and i saw it right away mm -hmm. yeah me too um, came me back too. for a visit went to an open mic night that my friend josh whitney runs and I was floored by the talent. I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, people are here. Like, there's me. people are working yeah. at this. And, uh, um, and yeah, so I, you know, I, I play a lot of music with him these days. So it's, it's nice to see that there is an opportunity for growth in this area um, that didn't exist before. And I think it's, I think it's only getting stronger. Um, people are being more receptive towards artistic ventures in this area like place was kind of a divey looking town even five years ago now the downtown area has got murals on the side of these buildings that might be art vacant. galleries yeah there's art galleries and stuff it's crazy <laughs> it's like how dare you like what the fuck happened so but there, there's not there's an opportunity here and to some extent it's 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 almost um it's almost a little more fulfilling to be a part of the 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 ground floor of that than it is to be a part of the tidal wave like it was out west like out west i was just another yeah and out here i have an opportunity to be one of yeah not just blah right and so that, that's it's got its positive aspects to it here and and yeah the music the music's great the music scene's great around here the bars kind of need to figure out they need to pay a little bit more to their artists you get what you pay for mm. um and some of the gigs around here are just like you're playing music in a restaurant like mm -hmm. that is never really fulfilling yeah but what what's the what's the flip side is like i'm in an office i'm in the back of a trailer at ups well yeah no i but i would prefer to be so i think one thing that toledo lacks is um there are a lot of bars with stages. There needs to be a stage with a bar. Mm. There needs to be more of the club, entertainment type clubs that exist out west and on the east coast. Mm. There needs to be more of that in this area. Right. Um, instead of having a giant bar with a tiny corner stage, you need a giant stage with yeah. a tiny corner bar. Right. You're gonna make just as much money on that bar because people around here drink like it's their jobs. Hell yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna make money on that. That's that's not, the, the focus of the business needs to be in this area. Let's showcase local and national talent in a manner that actually 
benefits the artist. Mm -hmm. That builds like builds a scene. Yeah, and that's one of the things I would like to do around here. The uh, other guy I was speaking with the other day sees a need for it as well. Mm. Um, something I would be interested in getting involved in. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a cool. That's a cool. I mean, like that's a cool concept of its own. Like, and it, it, it when it when it's explained correctly, it's it's it got to be a money maker. It, it just has to be it, for the reason that we are you know less than a day's drive from all these other major cities any national act on tour has to drive through toledo there's to only get to the other cities, yeah. yeah but there's only two or three places where they can play mm -hmm. or and not really anywhere where they might play outside of their tour like a lot of bands on tour will play secret shows mm. under a different band name just to get their wiggles out or whatever while yeah. they're on tour there's nowhere they can do that here mm. unless you're like a a heavier band or something like that and you want to play one of the dirty dive bars that are down downtown Toledo like you know that sort of have a reputation of hosting music for a very long time where you know we played here when we were coming up let's go back and play a, a gig there that's really the only type of venue that exists and if there were a something in between like the hunting Huntington Center and Frankie's mm. that would be great yeah um, and and I think it would really boost a lot of the talent in this area as well because um, you got to cut your teeth somehow mm. and you don't always get that opportunity uh, sitting in the corner of a restaurant right. playing to people who are there to eat food and talk right. yeah and you're just background noise yeah it, too too much of the too much of the venues around here use musicians as background noise mm -hmm. we're not jukeboxes <laughs> and uh, they're starting to get over this need for recognizable popular music to be played mm. where um there are some events where it's purely original there's up close concert series that's held at the art and performance center of west toledo uh, tim ollers and miriam wagner put that on um where it's purely all original music it's a listening room people go there specifically to hear the music nobody's chit-chatting during the songs mm. they're paying attention is that where is that at? uh it's the Art and Performance Center of West Toledo. It's on Sylvania, I believe. It's right down the street from, there's a bowling alley out there called Twin Oaks, which has been around since D-Day. <laughs> it literally opened on D-Day. Oh, um, nice. Uh, and it, I don't think anything has changed about that bowling alley in, <laughs> since then. Um, but uh, Art and Performance Center is a great, it's a, it's a little art gallery where they, they do community events there. They have art fairs there. They have classes there. You can go check out local artists' work there. Things are for sale. It's a great little spot, and I believe they're actually expanding. Um, there, there was one downtown that got moved out to the Finley area. Uh, um, D. Brown used to run that one. I remember I visited. I was visiting here, and there was this place downtown that was over across from the farmers market. Was that Zango? Not Zango. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like an art gallery. It was ran by fucking what was that guy's name? He used to be a bartender at Mickey Finn's, and and he was an artist himself. And then he fucking art starred this gallery. It was like some weird name too. Whatever it was, I came here once and I went to a show there, and it had like live music, and there was an art gallery. And like it was like this is incredible. This is like, but I think he moved to Florida or something. So yeah, probably that. <laughs> but, <laughs> <clears throat> but 
but yeah i mean that, that that's another thing is like keeping talent here too it's like something needs to be here that feeds and and also retains right. because you don't want everybody hitting their stride just to run yeah run away exactly it's like i'm gonna cut my teeth here and now i'm fucking no, i'm gonna I'm go gonna, somewhere else <laughs> go do that the and that's exactly what we were doing because mm-hmm. we didn't have any of this. We didn't have yeah. an, I, we didn't have like a direction of where we should be going or how it's even done. Really, like we're used to these shitty rooms that didn't pay. You're never gonna get paid. Mm-hmm. Not that I was worth paying at that time, even. But like, I think some of the stuff we used to do back in the day was entertaining. It might not have been great, but right. it was entertaining at the yeah. very least. <laughs> Entertained us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like. It, it was it, it. We ran for a reason, and we yeah. were like, "Fuck this!" Like, wait, like, what do we? There was nothing here to feed. Yeah, us. there was no light at the end of this tunnel. Right. It was well. If you want to make something, you got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because of age and because of experience, I see a little bit of a light here now. Right. I've planted my feet other places and made something happen, and I feel like I can do it here too. And I feel like the community is definitely more receptive of it. And and that it is a possibility. Um, yeah. There is a light now. Um, it's pretty dim and it flickers, but <laughs> it's there. Flickers. <laughs> you gotta tap the light a little bit. You know what I miss the most about California, and we kind of talked about when we were texting back and forth, but was food. Being able to have food delivered to your house almost any time of the day or night. And then the but range like, of food. The range and quality of food and taco shops. I mean, San Diego has a taco shop. I know LA has taco shops and shit and good Mexican food, but it's not like San Diego. No, it's not. San the, Diego fucking kills it with taco shops. The best so the best Mexican food you could get in LA is definitely off of a truck. <laughs> I can see and, that. But, it, but it's authentic as shit. Right. And it's real good. Um, mm-hmm. The mexican restaurants out there there was one or two that i would go to that were pretty good but i if i saw a truck i'm i'm going to the truck truck. (laughs) like i don't need to sit anywhere i don't need a roof over my head for this burritos were made to travel like you just stuff it in as you go man put it in poop it out but yeah the the the, i mean and there are some nicer restaurants around here but for the most part they're sort of swanky and Mm. a little bit more expensive which isn't necessarily a problem for food because that's an experience that's worth paying money for um but there's no like mid-level good food (laughs) like everything's like cream based and like salty or like really sweet it's like the ranch dressing is sweet like (laughs) first of all it's ranch dressing and then fucking and then it's like it's sweet like their their fucking balsamic vinaigrette has like a ton of sugar in it i I personally love ranch dressing and i do too i would i don't like sweet ranch dressing i would order it out west and they'd be like oh we don't have that well yeah i know and then out here i'm like do you guys have ranch and they're like yeah we got buckets of it (laughs) bring it right out here we'll pump it right right, in great just give me like a cup of ranch dressing and like three pieces of lettuce that'd be great i'm good to go for the rest of the night um yeah the food food and me personally the coffee the coffee i miss coffee yeah i am a coffee snob i've worked i'm at sorry coffee that shops. i brought you big b <laughs> it's it's the best option it's sadly the best well, option. here and like that's the thing like the east side especially the east side because i'm living on the east side well in oregon here but like this is the east side and fucking 
there's like nothing over here like everything's in sylvania or perrysburg and there are some cool spots like like you can't get a good acai bowl like there is a place in perrysburg that you can get a acai bowl but i feel like we're paying their rent they're like charging 12 dollars oh it, i have balance <laughs> no it's um it's a newer place i think it's called like all natural juice or something it's a juice bar but like it's cool and i like it and but like they charge way too much for where we live. It's like right. you're not gonna you're not gonna retain customers by overcharging. But it's in Perrysburg, which is kind of a nicer part of town. But anyways, the fucking there's in Oregon. Like I was like searching coffee shop. There's not even like a legitimate coffee shop in Oregon. No. Like like where you can go and like get a cup of coffee from a place that specializes in coffee. Yeah, like sit down, read a book, right? Have a have a cappuccino, <laughs> write my script. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> turn turn. Definitely got to write your office. screenplay. Yeah, <laughs> you don't see a lot of people screenplay writing here in Toledo at the coffee shop. There's that one place on Adams. I just went there the other day. Actually, I was there when um I was I was hitting you up and um is yeah, what the fuck is that place called? Do you know Black Kite or Sip. It's the one that's on Adams, and like it's a kind of near like the OT and shit. It's all part of that Adams Street thing, oh. where like the I haven't been there. the four one nine the the Toledo handmade Toledo's there, and then it's a cool little place. Andrew was running it. I talked to him about trying to do gigs there. He said he don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, let's start a dialogue. Um, yeah. It's taken us. It's taken me and my wife like six months because we have an act and we could do like all night right. gigs and stuff. Um, well, all night meaning like we can play for four fucking hours if they pay us. Um, but it, it's taken us literally since September to actually like figure it out. Try not to hate each other and fucking like you know like focus now. And right. It took it took a while. I mean, you've been here for two years, and you're fucking. And all you do is music now, which is right. incredible. Which I, who would have thought that when we were kids? Like fucking right. No, not here. Anyway. Not here. You know, like <laughs> right. I mean, those things were possibility in like Detroit, maybe Detroit, but like Chicago or New York or L.A. That right. in our heads, that's where that was possible. Right. That you can you can make a decent living out here, and it's like you I can. said, it's still not up there pay rate wise. They do need to pay a little bit more, but. Uh, if you're good enough and you ask for it, you, you can find it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always oversell myself. I ask for more than I know I'm worth. Yeah. But it makes them have to bring me down a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I just actually brought you up a little bit is what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't mind, like, lower pay only because rent is not – I mean, I'm not hustling for right. fucking rent. Right. And it is better than sitting in an office. And I cannot say it. Like, office, fuck, fuck UPS, fuck the office. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like the TV show, but fuck, <laughs> fuck everything else. Um, yeah, man. So, Toledo, it's, it's here. It's now. It's what's happening. <laughs> that should be their slogan. Toledo, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> Toledo, we exist. <laughs> What was the one? Uh, have you ever seen that Cleveland? Uh, the, ad, yeah, the, the Cleveland video. It's yeah. like at least we're not Detroit, <laughs> and then they say it again: we're not Detroit. So I mean, Toledo, we're not Detroit. I don't know. 
it, it's 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 been nice and honestly being around family has been fucking incredible yeah that's it's super being sort of stranded out west away from family and friends that you grew up with and stuff it was that was pretty tough being being a couple thousand miles away from your family yeah, is man. never it's, really an easy thing it's not and i i just I, you don't even realize it until you're back really and i and i remember telling my wife i was like okay if we're gonna move i want to live somewhere within proximity of my family because if i'm gonna leave paradise right i'm gonna go be with my family right and have help she has a family but they're really small and there's like two of them that we trust with our child so like we had zero family support out there so we're both musicians we're both working musicians we own a business and we have this baby that we have to have someone to sit with him for hours on end so it was a fucking juggling act yeah and hustling for rent was like but i i miss that i honestly i miss it i miss fucking being like shit it's like third week of june and we have like 200 dollars on rent like, uh where are we gonna pull that other 1800 out of? <laughs> we're brainstorming we're brainstorming and like i'm doing that and it was just it was a constant hustle but i don't know like i don't like not i don't like to not be busy right I don't like not being busy it, it's okay. it's too easy to be complacent around here it is and when i first moved out here i kind of struggled with that because i was like well i'm fucking taken care of like <laughs> i'm good <laughs> I, don't know, I don't have to do shit yeah and then you end up not doing shit and yeah. it's just like well now i'm really depressed and yeah. bored now and, i'm just sad <laughs> living in the town that i escaped from <laughs> oh i made sure that i i needed to go somewhere else but i had my dad help me look for places when i was still out west and and he would you know go check these places out and he'd be like well what about this place and i was pretty bummed about moving back here for the most part and i was like i don't fucking care just dig a hole in your backyard i'll live there <laughs> I'll live in and uh but i i one of my requirements to being back here was i needed to be by the water mm. because i figure at the very least that's an easy out of life if i need it i can just uh -huh. go <laughs> i can just go sink to the bottom and wait yeah uh but it also is you know there's more nature in those areas mm -hmm. and i find the water very calming and peaceful i, I enjoyed going to the ocean all the time mm -hmm. and so I, i'm out in waterville which is a small town it's a very small town uh but i'm right next i'm right on the river which is wonderful yeah. and uh even even my friends in california were impressed with the views Ooh. like i was like Mah. there you go i told you ohio was cool for a minute <laughs> i had people convinced that they should move to ohio with me i was just like i'm just bringing all of my friends with me back to ohio because i don't think i'm going to get along with very many people there <laughs> so you guys should just come to ohio you can you know it's way cheaper you can start your own businesses there you can do what you're doing here there but on a more ground level opportunity and, and you know we can create what we've done here somewhere else wow, you're really pitching fucking i did i <laughs> swear i had like five or six people that were legitimately looking into moving into ohio and if they had done it i would have felt so bad <laughs> it would have been two months after getting here then be like who the fuck did why did we listen to you it's like well sorry i'm gonna go be sad <laughs> somewhere in my room so like, <laughs> what is this own. thing that's in the sky all the time that's called a cloud <laughs> always blocked and it's gonna up. seep into your soul don't worry <laughs> yeah you know and it's funny my wife who is very she was super socal like as in like super outdoors 
she was a lifeguard for 10 years and like loved hikes and fucking loves the ocean and like all this shit and i was just you know you try to tell somebody it's like look that's all gonna change <laughs> like, none of that exists that's really. not really the rest of the world yeah <laughs> and she was just so happy about leaving because she was just so over she was just over san diego and all the pretentious musicians who exist in it and what the fuck it's just it was our community mm-hmm. um but she got here and then like after a few months i mean because we got here at the end of summer in september so like it was still like kind of nice weather you know right. she loves humidity for some reason oh my god that's terrible oh uh, and um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i spent 10 years trying to get used to dry heat like yeah. hot wind oh, yeah. i didn't know what the hell that was 10 like, years to get used to it i finally get used to it and now i'm trying to fucking deal with humidity again oh and god. i'm like Moisture. my body is not used to this at all <laughs> she fucking i mean as soon as winter starts setting in and now that it's like spring it's like what was it it was just a couple weeks ago it was march and it was still snowing it's still cold you know and she's just like fuck dude she's so she's over it and there's a part of me that's like i fucking told you but then there's a part (laughs) of me who was like oh fucking i feel bad for you that you're like i'm sorry it sucks it's (laughs) like i love you and i don't want to see you like this and my son's constantly was like I don't want to be in this city anymore. Oh, man. Can we go back to San Diego? <laughs> He's like, when does it? When's the sun come out? Like, when is it? Like, like three more months, buddy. <laughs> he's like, and he's just such a, like, he's such a, and he's such a SoCal guy. He's like, can I get a lobster roll? <laughs> he went to the Penn Station, that sandwich shop over here. And he's like, do you have vegan cheese? He's a three-year-old asking a grown-ass man if, he, if they have vegan cheese in Oregon, Ohio. Yeah. I mean, like that's who he is, yeah, and like he's just like got to be a culture shock. What the fuck is happening? And then, but then all of a sudden, like everybody has candy, and everybody's so happy to give it to him, and like he wasn't really into candy. Now he's like a little fiend for it, and I had to like throw away a whole basket of candy that they sent home with my son. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> why are you, like, why are you doing this to my kid? The teacher at the YMCA is giving out candy at the end of fucking dance. It's the YMCA, not fucking like I don't know whatever i thought we we're supposed to be all healthy here and shit anyways it's hard to that's keep. sort of the midwest this right. I mean, my kids down in nashville and they have the same problem there like he just went to the dentist with nine cavities Jesus i'm like dude you need, you need to brush <laughs> you gotta and then Chill out with that sugar sir. Yeah, he comes home with like cookies and candies from school all the yeah. time and he he's like a hoarder so he'll like he'll hide that in oh. his room and so we found out that he had been he had candy stashes all over his room and he would just wait till it was real late at night and then crinkle 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 it's like the worst time to be consuming <laughs> sugar too like right before bed let the let the sugar real eat away at the enamel and your insides it's sad it's it's that's like a sad thing about like the food and the health aspects and like i've just been getting fatter like yeah and when you're like when you're a fat kid your whole life like weight matters so much you know so it's like oh i'm just i'm stuffing myself into these jeans and fucking like oh my god you fucking pig but i mean I still made fucking... This was my meal last night. I was high as shit, and I fucking fried my own french fries and then cooked up this hamburger meat that's probably been in my mom's freezer for fucking 10 years. 
I fucking cooked it and, and then like chopped it all up after I cooked it, put it on top of the fries, cut up onions and fucking like sweet dill pickles, and then put m- uh, mustard and ketchup all over it and made like white trash carne asada fries. Mm-hmm. And I ate it. I fucking put it into my body and grease dripping off my chin. It was delightful. Yeah. Well, whatever. I fucking went in fucking Rome. Just get fat as fuck. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> so I'm going to give you a couple questions, and then we'll end. I ask most musicians this. Uh, All right. What is a weakness in your playing? Or it can be your singing. It can be anything that you've recently overcome or overcome in the past, and how did you overcome it? Um, I am not a lead guitar player. <laughs> I am a rhythm guitar player, plain and simply. I've never had a real desire to get better at it mm. um if anything i can maybe i have one lick like just one <laughs> it's just the one and i i try to do it as often as i can but you gotta get it in. but I, i'm wondering if other people are realizing that that's the only trick i can do <laughs> it's not even that it's just <laughs> that's it that's the whole trick I love it. but it works with e it works with g <laughs> i can i can get that off uh, I have overcome that by simply surrounding myself with better musicians and let them do it. I love that. Like I'm just I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna play my four chords here. You guys do the hard work. Right, but you're also a singer. Yes. Yeah, and, and do you front the bands that you play in, or are you just? Like- um, I, the, the thing that we've got going now is one of the bands I'm in is uh, it's a collection of musicians who play in other bands and who also do solo stuff. And what I like about what we're doing is we're all trying to take equal lead mm-hmm. so that, and it's different from any other thing around here in the aspect that when there's three of us on stage, each one of us will do a song in succession of these. So you play and we'll play with you and then he plays and we'll play with him and then I'll play and they play with me. Okay. Um, so you get a nice blend of uh, musical aesthetic all on one stage for one show mm-hmm. which is it's pretty cool because everybody's got their own style and um and then the music that we're writing together is coming out a, a nice combination of all three of us and so it's not quite his style it's not quite my style it's not his style but it's becoming our style mm. um i enjoy singing is probably my biggest strength um, and being an auxiliary musician, um, I try to make noise on anything I possibly can. And I'm relatively decent enough to do that in front of people. So I, I play hand drums, I play piano, harmonica, guitar, bass, trumpet, anything you can find, I can probably do it well enough, yeah. or at least I'm ballsy enough to do it in front yeah. of other people. Um, so I think that's probably my biggest strength. And it also allows me to let the other people who are better at what they do do what they do mm-hmm. like i don't play lead so find somebody who does play lead and maybe i'll play hand drums instead of just the four chords that i know <laughs> uh so yeah I, I think surrounding yourself with with other talented individuals uh and recognizing where your strengths and weaknesses are is pretty important yeah recognizing it is i i think that's one of the most important like knowing your limitations yeah everyone's always like oh man you can lead i'm like yeah. no you i can't, I, can't. <laughs> you don't. I mean like if you don't have the desire to learn then you're not gonna <coughs> do it so you're obviously you recognize your own limitation by just being like fuck it i give up on that i don't even care 
but your strengths lie in other places. Like, All right, do I beat my head against this brick wall, or do I stand on your shoulders so I can get over it? I'm standing on your shoulders. Right, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It, um, what I've noticed a lot talking to like, especially multi instrumentalists, um, is that they're not never like great at any one instrument right i am mediocre at best at, a, at everything right exactly uh, but they're good enough and like but that also allows them to sort of like have a great ear for production like a lot of my multi-instrumentalist friends are wonderful producers right um you know because like, your brain's thinking in multiple directions exactly it, it, and like and how many multi-instrumentalists that i talk to who like I would say outside of singers, multi-instrumentalists who can't really sing, a lot of them just listen to the music and lyrics and words and shit all just become part of the melody. Right. So, like, I don't, when I'm listening to a song, like, the singer is, like, so far in the background right. that, like, I don't know what they're saying. And it doesn't really even matter. <laughs> it doesn't, but, like, what they're doing with the melodies that they're choosing to sing in, that all registers. Words are just words. But I, I find that multi-instrumentalists are a little bit more, uh, <coughs> they just have a better outlook at how music should be put together, and, and they tend to be more like MDs and stuff like that. Right. They see it more as a whole than in the sum of individual parts. Right. Do you, um, when you're writing, do you find yourself writing specifically on a specific in instrument or like does it come in waves like for instance like when i write it, it comes in waves like sometimes i'll write a lot on guitar or sometimes i'll write a lot on piano it's just whatever whatever wave i'm on at that point is like that's how i kind of write and express like how does it work for you i pretty much entirely write on guitar oh wow. Um, and it doesn't always happen all at once. Like if I'm writing, um, I might come up with an idea or a concept or a lyric that I like, and that might rattle around in my brain for years. Mm. And then one day a chord pattern will come along and I'll be like, oh, yep, I'm sticking that one on it. Yep. Just, and mm -hmm. and then just jam them together and it works. But I almost predominant, I, I can't say I haven't written a song on piano in uh, nearly 10 years. Wow. It's I almost do it entirely on yeah rhythm acoustic guitar. Do you do you, are you playing piano out at all? I just started doing it again. Um, uh -huh. I I enjoy playing the piano quite a bit, mm. and I'm been told I'm relatively good at it. I've <laughs> been told. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, but well, I was just talking to my friend, our friend, our mutual friend Jeff Bartley, who's been on this show several times. Uh, <laughs> Um, he was saying because uh, I uh, I told him I was like oh yeah I started talking to Aces I think we're gonna do like a podcast and pro you know probably go jam out sometime. He's like oh yeah, uh, I wonder if he's still better at the piano than he is at guitar. <laughs> it's like do you remember how like he would be like always wanting to play the guitar but we'd want him to play piano because he was better at the piano. I'm like yeah I do kind of I kind of remembered that. And yes, I am still very much like that. <laughs> it's uh, like, <laughs> Most people out here don't even know that I play piano. Yeah. Like I brought one, brought one out to a gig last week, and uh, one of my friends, Jay, who's been watching me play for almost two years now, he was like, "What? You should be doing that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, but I know these four chords on the guitar, though." These four <laughs> chords are hot, baby. Man, come on, this is this is this is where it's at. He's <laughs> like, "No, you should be playing the piano." 
I was that, like, but I have a guy that's way better at it than I am. I don't let him do that. <laughs> who's your guy? Who, who's uh, one of the better piano players in this area is a, a cat named Nate Woodward. Okay. Um, he plays uh, one of the the band I'm in now, or one of the bands I'm in now, is called Three Too Many. Okay. And it's sort of a revolving door of musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, Three Too Many could be one, two, three, up to like eight people. Wow. Um, and it sort of constantly rotates. We're sort of trying to just use that name in general, no matter what the combination is, mm-hmm. um, because there is a level of quality in the music that's pretty s- consistent throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Nate plays in a band with one of the other guys in Three Too Many called uh, Kurt, Kurt and Nate, like Curtain Eight, but it's Kurt and Nate. Um, yeah, and he's he's great. I remember him from when I was around here playing in bands like he was in a band called five-headed donkey Mm. that used to play around town quite a bit and he's 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 been playing music for for basically ever wait a minute was he the guy who was in that like little jam band too do you remember do you remember those kids who were in a jam band kind of there was a girl and he played if this is the right guy i don't think it is actually but he fucking he would play like he played his keys they always used to play the idiot all the time that's them do you remember the name of them? i think that the was that five-headed dog yeah the girl guitar player what did she play guitar I don't yeah they had a sick lead player named Alyssa who mm. uh and that band was like a bunch of really good musicians in this area uh rick, yeah, rick were, caswell um they were Evan younger Bates. than us though right or no uh or they they, they were not we oh. might be thinking of a slightly different band um yeah, but yeah they they play nate's been a staple at the idiot for a long time okay. and he plays in uh, he plays in a few do he also plays in polka floyd which is ken haas's band the guy from uh reverend guitar oh man you should check out reverend guitars yeah where's that at? based here in toledo but i mean like uh, it, they make their own guitar yeah they oh. are uh a very fastly becoming one of the best guitar manufacturers in the country mm. um they're they're on the move and they make great instruments Oh, and they're real, which is real pretty. Ad for them. Yeah, that Reverend, I'm trying to get one of them shits. <laughs> How much does he charge? Like, it seems like they're that's like handmade, uh, the, um, boutique shit. Uh, no, they're they're pretty. They're pretty reasonably priced for what they are. Mm. Um, but they do have some higher end models that get up there. But you're getting your money's worth out right. of it for sure. Are they do they like wind their own pickups and do the whole thing? I would imagine they do. Everything. Everything. I'm not entirely sure of the process, but I was some shit coming up like earthquake or devices. Have you ever fucked with any of those pedals? No, I don't do pedals. I, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> I don't do pedals. <laughs> okay, motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, they have fucking bad. I I just got the um the Avalanche Run, which is a reverb delay pedal, <clears throat> which I was only slightly disappointed in because. It was everything I wanted because I'm running through my keys and guitar, but mostly it was for my keys. And um, I thought it was analog, but it's very digital. Yeah. So like when you start trying to do like the feedback loops, where it's all wah, 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 like it gets kind of like digital and like beep, 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 yeah. And, like <laughs> there's cool things you can do with it, and it's an amazing. Like it just sounds beautiful. It's just like the the stereo uh, imaging of the reverb like yeah. through a real system is just gorgeous like um like the delays themselves are beautiful and just like this full body to them but once you start putting up the feedback and shit it's a little fucking stupid yeah. but anyways yeah the fucking <coughs> earthquaker devices i like them they're cool they got some good stuff i believe 
I believe my friend Josh has one of those. Probably. What's his name? Josh White? Josh Q. Whitney. Josh Whitney. He plays a lot around town. He plays solo. He plays with Three Too Many. He used to be in a band called the 815s, which were pretty big around here. He plays with the house band uh, occasionally over at The Idiot. Um, the kid's a hell of a guitar player and a singer and songwriter, too. Nice. I, um, I, I talked to a guy named Jeff Stewart. Yep. You know Jeff Stewart? Yep fantastic artist visual artist and singer uh let's see who else did i talk to i talked to the guy that's jake Paluski. yeah jake Paluski. yes he's he's an interesting cat <laughs> i hear that he likes to drink when we met he was sober and like we we're at a library <laughs> so things were like he, pretty he can get pretty wild on stage like he'll throw himself on the ground <laughs> Like he's he's pretty passionate about he's, what he does. He's super dedicated. Like the way he talks, I've never seen him live because I don't know. Because I've been living in a dark hole. He's a he's a great piano player as well. Yeah, he said. Because I I told him when I asked him that same question, I was like, because my left hand is garbage, so like I'll run drills with my left hand. Um, what's your you know that was just my example right. of like what's your weakness and he's like actually it's the opposite of what you got he's like my left hand is super strong but my right hand is like <laughs> so he's like I try to fix that um, yeah I've talked to a couple people and I've been talking to um, Kyle White which is the only She's great the only person that I've reached out to who I remember from before left. yeah I remember her I remember her from back, back in the, the day. day. Yeah, her and there's this other girl named Candy who thought who she still exists. Like Candy, she was on American Idol or something. Maybe I'm saying her her name wrong, but I remember she was on American Idol and she fucking used to act like super. Okay, this is turned into a shit talking so <laughs> Let's just move on. We we're going on two hours here. We could probably wrap this shit up. Yeah. Do you have any music that's out or anything um, that we could play on the show or? not that's fine too uh there's a bunch of stuff out on youtube um you i don't search for it well i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i i since i had my debacle with my record label mm. I, that put a real bad taste in my mouth with recording oh, okay. um Fair enough. i'm getting back into it now however i'm doing it all myself um there's some good there are some good recording studios around town mm -hmm. uh, my buddy andrew ellis just turned me on to uh stone soup stone. recording studio studios and they do some good work i listen to some of his stuff and it sounds great hmm. um so i'm considering getting back into the studio and with the with the band three too many probably and and the itchy pickles yeah itchy pickles and the rub <laughs> featuring sweet baby gherkins oh, sweet baby 